I think we've perpetuated this idea that, that discipleship is super complicated and doesn't have to be. In fact, I think it probably shouldn't be. Welcome back to the Discipleship Podcast at One Line Church. It's good to have you back join us. If this is your first time, welcome to One Line's Discipleship Podcast, where we talk about all things discipleship here at One Line. And that really incorporates a number of different things, from training to best practices uh, to special guests who have insight into the rhythms of discipleship. Um, we've had a really great time so far, some great guests, some great conversation. This podcast is led by Brittany McColgan and myself, Brittany. Hey, hey. <laughs> we are here today to talk about some of the most fundamental pieces of discipleship, uh, the very beginning kind of stuff, and I'm excited to have that conversation uh, with you today. And Brittany, you, as always, have brought some incredible wisdom to this conversation. So uh, why don't you take it away? Let's get started. Yeah, so I'll set the scene for us. So one of the things that I think um, we were missing on our podcast was where to start. Like, how do you do discipleship? Because um, people may have been thinking, well, this is great for for John <laughs> or great for Brittany and Nick, but uh, does this include me? And yes, it includes you. It includes um, everyone at One Line who wants to use the rhythms of discipleship to continue to grow. And mm -hmm. so um, just getting started, I think the biggest thing for me personally, and this is actually just a new concept that I've been um, kind of really trying to figure out in my head how to say it, but you have to get your heart right when it comes to discipleship. And this is what I mean. There's a difference between a duty of discipleship and then the desire of discipleship. Uh -huh. And I think that they can be together, but I also think that the desire of discipleship should be more than the duty of discipleship. I love that. Because when it's just a duty, it's not going to move you forward at all. It's not going to grow you closer to God, and it's just going to be a weight on you. Yeah, it's almost like you have to make a decision in order to move forward. Do I want this? Yes. And am I willing to do what it takes? We live in this world where I feel like a lot of people have great intentions, but the follow through is lacking many times in people's lives, especially in the church. I, this doesn't condemn anybody here at One Line, but, but in the years of being a pastor, there's been so many moments where people have said, yeah, I'll do that, but then they don't. And so they want to, but they rarely do. And so I think it moves from what you're saying is it is our heart and our actions. And so how do we make sure we have this kind of transformative approach to how we do discipleship? Exactly. And so we, um, we're talking about, you know, just starting at the fundamentals, starting at ground zero, where, do, you know, super basic. Gosh, I, okay, so, so, so getting started, if, if we talk about, like, let's start with the simple stuff to make sure we understand the formula. Because I know a lot of people that would say, oh, I can't disciple somebody. They would say, you know, I can never disciple somebody. I don't know where to start. I don't know enough about the Bible to help somebody. It all seems too complicated. Those are terms I've heard a lot. I've heard that too. And I don't want, I don't want to, I think we've perpetuated this idea that, that discipleship is super complicated and doesn't have to be. In fact, I think it probably shouldn't be. Uh, Vince Lombardi. Yeah. He you know, very, very famous, legendary American football coach of the Green Bay Packers, which, you know, hold off your thoughts on whether or not you I know. like the Packers. <laughs> you said uh, their name. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I shouldn't have done that. Anyway, uh, Vince Lombardi, 
uh, he, was, he was famous for a number of things, but he would always begin training camp by saying, uh, by taking a football and holding the football up and say, gentlemen, this is a football. He would do that the very first day at training camp. And you can just imagine all these professional football players kind of groaning, like, okay, yeah, we know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he would walk his players out to the football field on the same first day, and he would show them the sidelines and the hash marks and the goalposts and the end zones. And finally, he would define for his players the goal of the game to score more points than your opponent. And then practice would commence with blocking and tackling drills. He would start at the simplest place to remind them of this is what it's about. And I think we need to do that when it comes to discipleship because so many people feel like they can't or they're not qualified. And so, yeah, let's, let's talk through how do we get started with that stuff. Yeah, so um, I think that the biggest thing that I just want to encourage everyone listening is just start. Yeah. Just, you know, wherever it is, just start. Let's talk through um, what are those first steps to beginning discipling other people and yourself. I mean, the, the hardest person we're ever going to have to lead in our life is ourself. Sure. So, I, yeah. yeah, I guess I was, you know, it's the human nature to make everything about yourself. So I was thinking <laughs> it's all about, your, you know, yeah. you. Um, but, I do, but I do think that there's both discipling yourself and others. Um, I think some people's personalities lend easier than others. Um, and you don't have to have an awkward, like, can I disciple you conversation? <laughs> um, will you be my friend? Will you be my friend? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I definitely think that it's just a natural thing. Um, I guess I'll just take it personally cause that's what I know. Um, you know, when I start to get to know um, specifically women and we start to break down some of those barriers of um, what, it, you know, is she cool? Is she not cool? Do we parent the same way? Do we live life the same way? Do I spend our money the same way? Mm-hmm. Like all those things. Um, and, what's fu- and what's hilarious to me is that God always puts me in discipleship situations with people who are different than me. Yeah, I love that. Like super different. Thanks, God. I wanted this to be easy, but... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so like, I'm not saying it's easy, but like you have to start somewhere. And I think that, you know, <clears throat> when you'll know when God gives you that in with that person, when they have, that person has given you the permission to speak into their life. Okay, go a little deeper on, what do you mean the in? I mean, I think I understand what you mean, but. Sure. Um, I guess for me, when someone invites me in, um, that's them saying, I want to start doing this with you, doing life alongside you. We talked about, even with Brad, we talked about two people on a discipleship journey together, rubbing against one another. I forget the fancy word. The diatribo? Yes, thank you. (laughs) So let's talk about prayer. So I think that, you know, starting to pray for someone who you think, who you see God keep putting in your life and you see this discipleship kind of pattern and rub up against each other um, happen. And so start praying for them, ask them to pray with you, ask them to pray for you, um, all those things. And even before your time together, pray together to start something um, in prayer can never be wrong. I mean, can never go wrong, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, John last week talked about how prayer doesn't have to be complicated. It yes. can be really simple. You asked that a question, and that's something to remember. Prayer can be as simple as just asking God what's on your heart and talking to him like he's your friend. Um, in fact, I think that's probably the best way to pray. <laughs> These overcomplicated, yes. lots of religious word prayers, I think get in the way of our heart sometimes, and we feel inadequate. It, again, it's that overcomplication of, of the church and our faith. But the beautiful part is the simple part. Yeah, and, and next, I mean, scripture reading looks hard, but can be simple as well. Mm -hmm. So start small. There's so much content, like you were talking about, so much content. And honestly, I get a little overwhelmed when I get on Amazon or the library or podcasts or whatever. Like, I get so overwhelmed. Um, and recently, even with my D group, that I'm in is we've been in the Bible app and it seems to make it so easy. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's on my phone and I always have my phone with me, um, the way that they break it down or what it is. But that's such a easy tool to start, especially yeah. with someone who's scared of the physical, actual Bible. Um, I don't know where, you know, I don't know where to start. I don't know what this says or what anything means. And I think using some really simple tools like the Bible app, and they have so many different plans. And I would just say to challenge yourself, there's like a five-day study. Oh, so you're talking about, so the Bible app has the whole Bible, but then you're saying use these plans yeah, and dive into them, and the plans kind of guide you through the process. Yes, I'm sorry. That's great. No, yeah. no, no, you don't need to Yeah, so like it has like all topics, books of the Bible, like anything you want, and I would just say, I would encourage you and challenge you to find something that maybe you've been wondering about or I don't know where God talks about anxiety or fear or yeah. joy um, and they have it all listed out for you. And literally they'll have the Bible verses in the one place. So you're not flipping through things, trying to find things. It's so well done yeah. and really simple. It's a good app. And the thing I like about that too, you've, you've pointed this out before, but in the Bible app, you can invite friends into the study with you. Oh, yes. I love doing that. That's great. I, I love inviting them and not sending them a text. And then they're just like, they text me and they're like, um, um did you mean <laughs> to invite me to this? And I was like, oh, funny thing you bring that up. Yes. Wow. Do you want? Okay. So is that like the ninja attack? <laughs> That's the sneak attack. Yeah. I'm like sneak taking attack. a page out of God's sneak attack. There you go. There's the five question Bible study that we've done in our discipleship environments that I think is a good way for us to ask the same kinds of questions. Sure, what are those? Um, <clears throat> so when you read, so my favorite way to study the Bible, I love soap, I think it's really good, but when I'm studying the Bible in like a huddle environment or a degroup environment, I love the five questions. And the five questions are created so that no matter where you're at in your spiritual walk, if you're brand new to faith, if you don't even believe yet, or if you're a seasoned veteran of faith, these five questions engage you. You can participate in the five questions. And I've actually done Bible studies in environments. Um, like we had a men's group that I was part of for a while. And we had some seasoned uh, believers in that group. And we also had some guys who weren't sure if they even believed in God, but we all participated because of the five questions. Yeah. So here, here's the questions. You read a section of scripture. Usually it's like a, a flowing thought, like a, I don't know, paragraph or two, or maybe in the Bible, it usually separates by titles. Mm -hmm. So it's one flowing thought of something um, I could say pericope, 
but then I was that would just, just be super say, weird. What's the fancy <laughs> word? There's one flowing thought. So you, you just pick a section, it's usually a couple paragraphs or under a title in the Bible, and you read that together. And as you're reading it, you're thinking through these five questions. Uh, the first question is, and it's, uh, what did I like about what I read? And I'll usually frame it a couple different ways so people can give themselves permission because it feels weird. I like the Bible. I like all of it. You know? Yeah. No. Like there were things that stuck out to me. What was significant? What stuck out to me? What did I like about it? Uh, the second thing, second question is, what did I not like about what I read? And again, you have to give people permission because they're like, can I say I didn't like something in the Bible? Yeah. Something um, maybe that challenged them or. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and you reframe the question like, what, what was what rubbed you the wrong way or what did you, what was unsettling about what we read? Mm -hmm. So what I like about what I read, what did I not like about what I read? The third thing is what was confusing about what we read? So oh, what okay. do I have questions about as we read through that? And then the fourth one is what did I learn about who God is? Or what did I learn about the nature of God as we read? And the last one is how can I apply that from everything we talked about and read today? How can I apply that to my life this week? And by the end of that, you've had a very rich conversation about the scripture and as a leader, it's good to get some context about what you're reading so you don't have this like massive detour on what the scripture is saying. Sure. But you can ask the question and everybody can answer, whether you believe in God or not, whether you're new to faith or whether you're seasoned in your faith, uh, you can answer, what did you like about what you read? What did you not like? What was confusing? What did you learn about who God is? And how can I apply it? Bam. Simple Bible study that really works almost everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and I really like the give people the permission to wrestle, to be confused. Yeah. Like those are all things that I think builds an intentional and vulnerable atmosphere mm -hmm. to just really throw it out there, throw your questions out there. And I love that. Yeah. So back to your points of discipleship, getting started, we have to pray, we have to pray, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Right. We have to engage scripture, but there's great tools and resources, like you said, inviting people into the reading plans, uh, using the Bible app, maybe use the, the model like what I use with my daughter and son, um, you know, scripture, observation, application, prayer, when you read, uh, or, you know, maybe the, the five questions that we talked about. And then for your third point, let's apply it in our life. And I think to your question, like, can we, can we simply say, this is what we learned. Here's what I'm going to do with it this week. Here's how it's going to play out in my life this week. Yeah, and I think asking God, okay, so I, I am applying this. We are, I'm a team with you. Let's do this. Show me where I can apply it. That's a scary thing to say and ask, but it, he'll bring it to you. And I think That's good, Brittany. for the people who are, you know, maybe like, oh, I'm, I'm way past the, the basics, please hear that. I love that you think that you're past the basics, but you can always go back and relook and see, am I doing this? Where is my heart? Like just a little check in. How is it actually going? And then I'm going to challenge you because um, you should be discipling someone. So who are you discipling? Because you have been given such knowledge and wisdom in studying the Bible for however long, don't waste that. And we want it. I want it. So find me because <laughs> I want to, I want to be discipled and yeah. I want all that you've learned. And I want to learn from that. 
and I want to walk alongside you. And I think that there's a lot of people who want that, but they're scared to say that they want that. So don't be scared to love people in discipleship. Yeah. So just get started. Yeah. That's good. And don't be scared and invite people to do it with you. And, and let's see where it goes. There's nothing to be scared of in that. So as you're growing yourself, use that in your D groups. And that's where you can really get intentional and deep. And it's kind of a natural way of discipleship. Mm-hmm. We're setting you up with all of that already. There's three to five people that you know have committed to be there with you. And I mean, God literally handed you a platter of five <laughs> other people, you know, yeah, that want to get to know you and want to know your story and want to walk alongside with you. So take advantage of it and, and do it. I love that. And, and we're really intentional here in our discipleship <clears throat> through, we're not trying to create a program and you know, people can roll their eyes or whatever, but we really are saying, these are rhythms. Let's find time to meet with people in this environment. And here's what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And these rhythms are a lifetime. It's a journey and it like keeping it simple can keep you doing it because you won't get burned out and you can do it with people anywhere you go. That's good. Anywhere I live, I can live in the rhythms of discipleship. Yes. That's good. For All as right. long as you live. <laughs> That's exactly right. I love that. Okay. So, uh, best, most important first step. Brittany McCogan, what's the most important first step for anybody? Start in your D group. Let's do it. Somebody has to start it. And you're not alone because Brittany's here to coach you. Any questions you have? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I have such a passion for D groups. So yes, I will talk about D groups forever and ever and ever. Um, but I do, yeah, start it. Somebody has to in the D group say, let's do this. Yeah. Um, and champion it and encourage it and... Um, and it's going to be life-giving. We don't have to worry about it. We're not, we're not adding things to people's schedules. We're giving them an opportunity yeah. to have these kind of beautiful experiences with God through prayer, through scripture reading, and through application. That is the beauty of discipleship. Let's go. Yeah, and the people, I mean, if you're already in an established huddle, you already know these people. So um, this just gives you a deeper time and richer environment to love them and get to know them and um, walk alongside them. So it seems to me personally a natural next step. I love it. It's great. Well, this is really exciting. I love the, the let's get started conversation yeah. about discipleship. And there are so many more fun things coming. We've got some guests coming. We've got some training coming in the, in the next few podcasts. Thanks for sticking with us. Look forward to having you along the way. Uh, Brittany, thanks again for your wisdom. Always awesome. Love getting to, to talk through discipleship rhythms here at One Mind with you. Me too. Yeah. All right, my friends, we will see you next time.